What's going on, everybody? Welcome to a new edition of the Trench Warfare Podcast. I'm your host, Brandon Thorne. And today I'm going solo. I'm doing a review of the sixth annual Offensive Line Masterminds Clinic uh, Summit that I just went to in Frisco, Texas. Just got back yesterday. Um, this was my my sixth year there. You know, I, as you guys know, who are listening to this, uh, you probably know I've I started there uh, the inception year in, in 2018 with Duke. Um, we had 27 people that year, and uh, last year we had over 200. This year we had about 275. Um, it's just incredible, you know, kind of how big it's gotten and where it is now. And, and this year was the best one yet, and uh, I'm going to kind of get into why right away. Um, I think we have to, you know, kind of discuss some of these guests that we had and, and just how incredible – uh, the legends panel was um, we're going to start there and then we're going to go uh, through some, some just basic and, and some detailed advice that various guys uh, there gave like Lane Johnson, Tron Armstead, um, and then many of the legends as well and some other players. Um, so we're going to go through that and then I'll just tell some stories uh, about some of my favorite moments and then we'll wrap up. But yeah, so First, first thing, you know, probably the last two years, maybe the, the coolest part of it is the Legends panel, especially for me, just somebody who loves the history of the game. So for, for this year, you know, the Legends panel, the guys sit up in the front of the room and they basically take questions and just answer, you know, give advice on, you know, kind of how they got to where they got to. Um, so we had Andrew Whitworth, uh, which was amazing. We had Steve Hutchinson, Hall of Famer Steve Hutchinson. We had Hall of Famer Bruce Matthews. We had Richie Incognito, which was pretty cool. Damian Woody uh, as well from ESPN. And then we had Hall of Famer Will Shields. Um, and then we also had uh, former Seahawks and Falcons center guard uh, Robbie Tobeck, who played 14 years, I believe. And he was a former undrafted free agent, played with uh, Hutchinson in Seattle. Um, so those were our legends. Uh, and just some of the things that, you know, some of the common themes, I think the first thing that really stood out to me was uh, just how much these guys emphasized walkthroughs. And um, this really was a powerful message, I think, for a lot of the young players, you know, in the audience, uh, college guys. We had a lot of college players this year. Um, and, you know, just to hear, you know, the best of the best, the best to ever do it, uh, speak about the importance of walkthroughs and and just practice in general. Um, you know, Hutchison said, you know, ask yourself if being on the team is good enough. You know, that's one of the first things that he did. And he said, you know, he shared a quote that is kind of shared in the NFL. And it's the day they draft you is the day that they start looking to replace you. And that's kind of the mentality that he had, you know, day on the day to day, you know, job, you know, when he was in the NFL, uh, he always uh, did extra work. Um, but he talked to he said it's mostly about mental about mentality. So deciding to do something and executing until it's complete, right? I mean, these are these are practices that I think, you know, we all can relate to just in life in general to have more success. And, um, you know, so that it was really beneficial to hear it from somebody who's a Hall of Famer, uh, you know, to kind of drill that in. Uh, and then Richie talked about, you know, mindset as well. And he really emphasized, of course, if you watch him play, you know, being hard, you know, setting the tone. Um, you know, every day of practice as well, you know, and that'll carry over to the game. Um, and uh, Bruce, you know, Matthews, uh, he's, if you don't know who Bruce Matthews is, uh, just look into him a little bit. He made 14 Pro Bowls, seven first team All Pro, 
He's third all time in career starts at all positions. I believe it goes Tom Brady, Brett Favre, Bruce Matthews. Um, so yeah, he's, he has 293 starts on the offensive line, which is just an insane number. And they're at all five positions as well. So just a total legend, maybe the best offensive lineman to ever play a game. He certainly has a case. So, you know, uh, definitely, you know, just a revered figure, you know, kind of in the offensive line community. So it was really cool to have him there. And then Jake was there as well. His son, uh, Falcons left tackle, Jake Matthews, he was in the crowd, but, um, Bruce said, one of the things that he said that was cool was, you know, he coached Steve Hutchinson when Hutchinson was in Tennessee, I believe he was his coach for a year. Um, and he said that Hutch, you know, was always asking questions. And this is at a point when Hutchinson was deep into his career because he was at, he was in Tennessee at the very end. So at this point, he was the guy asking more questions than anybody else in the room. I mean, if that doesn't say something, you know, I don't know what does. So that, that was definitely a, a good nugget that he shared. Um, and then Will Shields. Man, it, this was the first year that Will was was there uh, and Bruce. Steve Hutchison was there last year. Um, but to get Will Shields up there, I mean, I grew up, just side story, I grew up, uh, you know, playing Madden and everything and uh, just, you know, learning the entire NFL through that game uh, in terms of the rosters. And the Chiefs, though, in 2006, that offensive line in the game was you know, the best offensive line in the game, and I used them all the time. And Will Shields was the best player on the line. It was him and Willie Rofe, really. Uh, they had Brian Waters and Casey Wiegman, and it was just a great line. Um, so to to see him and to meet him was kind of surreal, you know, and I was kind of taken back by the fact that Will Shields isn't that big, you know, in terms of height. You know, obviously all these guys are pretty much lighter than they were when they played. Um, so that that didn't surprise me too much. But and he even, you know, alluded to this. He wasn't the biggest or the strongest or the fastest or any of that, but he's in great shape. And he was when he played. And that was his thing. Like he was just one of those guys who ate clean, did all the right things for his body. And he started, I want to say I had the number. It was um, 193, I want to say, straight games consecutively. I mean, that is insane. If you start 50 straight games as an offensive lineman, that's good. He started 193 straight. Um, you know, and he's in the hall of fame. So some of the things that he shared were fixing off field issues. Um, so, you know, like friendships, um, you know, severing ties if needed, basically surrounding yourself with the right people. Um, and he said that he was a health nut. He always wanted to be in the best possible shape. Um, and he said that that really helped him mentally because, you know, if you're in great physical shape, then that's just one less thing you have to worry about you know, in season and practice, all that stuff, then you could really focus on the mental side. And that's what he did. Um, so I thought that was really good. Uh, and then uh, another Hutch uh, thing that he shared was um, he said that he thinks uh, mental toughness is a redundant phrase, meaning um, toughness is mental, right? Um, you know, like physical toughness, it's hard to kind of define what physical toughness is. It all boils down to kind of mental toughness. You know, if you overcome physical you know, hardship, physical injury, it, it all comes down to kind of your mental, um, you know, ability to do that, you know, and to overcome obstacles and, and adversity. Um, so I thought that was, that was interesting. Um, and then he also said, Hutchison, every practice, one of the things that he would do was run from drill to drill. And he was always the first offensive lineman there. That was something that he took pride in throughout his entire career. Uh, that was definitely cool. 
And he said when he wasn't feeling well, when he was nicked up or hurt, he said he ran faster. You know, he said, nobody gives a shit if you're hurt. Uh, and he used that kind of as a challenge to himself, you know, when he wasn't feeling well to push that much harder. Um, so you could just, you know, hearing these guys talk and just the, the, the toughness that they had um, and the decisions that they made every day, uh, you could just really kind of understand why they got to where they got to in their career. Um, another thing that uh, Will Shields said was uh, he always took from others. So he, I think his rookie year, he said he played for Alex Gibbs, which I didn't know that. Um, and one of the things that he taught him was he'd watch a guy and see a technique and then he would try it in a game. And, you know, if it worked, he added it to his toolbox. And if he didn't, he dropped it off, you know, and uh, I've heard other guys do that, but it was cool to hear, you know, that Will Shields did that. Um, oh, one really cool thing that uh, Andrew Whitworth uh, shared was that he never accepted help off of the ground so if he fell on a block or whatever and guys tried to you know lend a hand and pick him up help him get up he always rejected it and had to get himself up off the ground himself that's something that he took pride in especially because at this point in his career I think he was alluding to the Rams days especially um, you know he was an older guy you know late 30s and that was just one of the things that he never wanted to appear you know like the old guy and he was another guy who always ran to the hash before each series um, which really kind of set the tone and, you know, let everybody there know that even though he is older, he's not going to, you know, move like that. I and mean, he's not, he doesn't want to be treated like that. Right. So that was something, a couple things that he did. Uh, and he always talked about, or you know, he mentioned this, uh, do the little things that are hard to push yourself, right. Gas yourself, always run to the ball, you know, after uh, runs or completions or whatever to, you know, either help or congratulate your guys, that's something we see Quentin Nelson do and, and other linemen across the league do as well. Uh, so for him to do that, you know, in, you know, that deep into his career, you know, late thirties, that's, that spoke volumes as well. I think um, those were some of the, some of my favorite things. Uh, let's see. Uh, and then we'll talk about finishing now a little bit. So that was another topic that was, that was really um, great to hear about, which, you know, you guys know, finishing is one of the most important aspects of playing offensive line. So, uh, you know, Hutch, he said that uh, run game is an opportunity for body blows, you know, to chop a guy down, you know, you want to slow them down, for, you know, when they rush the passer, make them earn it. Um, and he said, it starts with your stance. You got to be functional. First step sets you on the path. Second step, get in the ground quickly. Um, and then uh, Will Shields talked about balance and footwork. Uh, work your angles to get on the right path. High, low hand is a technique um, that he used. You know, he worked low to high on guys. And uh, there's something I've heard that he mentioned as well, uh, drive the steering wheel. So if you kind of envision holding the steering wheel, you know, one hand high, one hand low. And when you turn, you know, that's kind of the 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 motion that you're going to use with your hands when you're engaged, you know, in the second, third phase of the block to finish, create torque you know, get guys tilted and turn and dump them. Um, so, you know, he used that analogy, which I thought was really good. Um, and uh, Richie, he talked about, um, you know, his goal was to, I quote, punch you in the fucking face. And he said, to be able to do that, you need technique. And that is so true. You know, the mentality is one thing, but you got to pair it with the technique, right? That's what leads to the pancakes and the finishes. So for him to say that was, was very important. Um, you know, he talked about first and sec second step importance, 
uh, with good pad level to create lift. And he equated it to like an airplane taking off. You know, you start low, work high, um, that sort of thing. Um, so that that made a lot of sense to me. Um, Teron Armstead, um, he wasn't up there for the Legends panel, but he, you know, he chimed in. We we also had, you know, some of the you know top level guys that are currently playing kind of work into the conversation. And Teron, you know, Dolphins left tackle Teron Armstead. He said a run game, their run game is an opportunity to shine and make a play. So that's his you know, time in the game when he, you know, wants to make highlight real plays, you know, big time plays, impact blocks, right? So that's how he thinks of the run game. Uh, his He said his goal every game is to get a 100-yard rusher and 150 yards rushing as a team. Um, uh, Damian Woody said uh, he likes to set his angle to where he's going to be. Um, so angle of departure is very important for him. Um, let's see. Yeah, uh, Duke, uh, you know, Duke Mannyweather uh, talked about redirecting force up to reestablish leverage, um, which is obviously huge. You know, if you create lift on a defender, they're going to lose their leverage and their pad level, and they're going to be vulnerable to that steering wheel, you know, high, low hand creating torque. Um, they're going to be vulnerable to losing position, getting driven back and, you know, getting finished, getting, you know, dumped on the ground. Um, so that's that's definitely a, a key coaching point, I think. Um, this was really cool. So this was actually what I'm going to talk about right now is, uh, we did breakaway sessions. So after like the legends panel, after we had, you know, discussions and watch film, then we would have these breakaway periods where all the tackles would go with the tackles, all the guards and all the centers would go. And, uh, Steve Hutchinson was kind of leading, you know, the guard group. Um, and, uh, it was just, this, this was really cool. So, uh, somebody asked him a question um, about his stance and just kind of his alignment with, uh, you know, Steve played left guard. So his alignment with the center and he always uh, liked to get as far back from the center off of the line of scrimmage as possible. Um, so he, and you would, he would also check with the ref, right? So, you know, you double check with the ref, ask him, you know, how far back essentially can I get how back, how, you know, how much can I stretch this? Um, and the reason for that was he that gave him time to get his second step in the ground. And it also gave him an opportunity to be lower because it increased the time that the defensive line had before contact. And, you know, typically defensive linemen off the snap, if you give them a second, their, their uh, pads are going to rise. So by him being as far back as possible, it allowed him to get low established force through the ground with the first and second step the defensive lineman it allowed him to kind of get his pads up you know because he had that slight delay in contact time and he said you know steve said that that was you know one of the keys to his effectiveness as a offensive lineman and just something like that you know i was standing in the crowd listening to it uh i thought that was inc- i mean he's just giving out gold nuggets left and right i mean this is from a hall of famer you know just giving these little trade secrets uh, that he had. And uh, I know a lot of guys were listening to that. And hopefully somebody, many of those guys, especially the young guys got something out of that. And, you know, we'll incorporate some of that into their game because um, I thought that that was, that was outstanding. Um, so that was one of the kind of sidebar conversations that I picked up on that I thought was really good. Um, and uh, another guy, um, part of the legends panel as well was uh, Robbie Toback. Um and man, it was so cool to have Robbie there. Um, he was one of my favorite guys to talk to. 
um, you know, 14 year career as an undrafted free agent, you know, that, you know, that probably says a lot in of itself, you know, just with his mentality and his toughness level. Um, but he was known, you know, I didn't really get a chance to watch him as much as I did like, you know, Hutchinson when I was younger, but, um, from how he described his playing style and how other guys who watched him describe it, he was kind of like Ryan Jensen in a way where he was like real nasty, you know, real physical, real, you know, took some, you know, borderline cheap shots and, you know, things like that. Like he, he had to fight claw and scratch, you know, to like stay on the field and to thrive, you know, on the field. And, uh, that's just kind of how he played. Um, but he talked about being honest with yourself, uh, which I think is very important in, in, in a lot of ways. Um, he said, identify what your weaknesses are and, uh, coach yourself on practice film. You know, he said, by the time the coach got them in the meeting, uh, you know, he already knew what the issue was because he already had watched it. Um, so he was he was very uh, deliberate about um, watching, reviewing himself on film and, and making corrections, you know, uh, so and just being honest with what his issues were, you know, which I, I thought was definitely good, uh, good to take away. And then, uh, you know, going back back to Andrew Whitworth, he he just kept talking about taking walkthroughs seriously, right, that he's never losing a rep. He, he treated him as live reps, um, you know, and he said that uh, Coach Sean McVay, Rams head coach Sean McVay, would almost rather walk through than practice because it was more opportunity for attention to detail in the walkthroughs. Um, so uh, he also said you can always reach what you know, but you can only replicate who you are, which, you know, essentially means that, you know, you you can't pretend to be somebody you're not, right? And uh, that, I think that kind of ties into what Robbie said about being honest with yourself as well. Um, so that I thought that was that was uh, really good. And I think I meant uh, this note is actually meant to say you can always teach what you know, but you can only replicate what you are um, or who you are. So I thought that was definitely a, a pretty pretty good statement there. Um, let's see. Another thing um, that I think is important for offensive linemen um, is spending quality time together. And this is something that Hutchinson talked about. Uh, Jeff Schwartz um, is very uh, a big proponent on this as well. You know, the closer that you can get to the guy next to you, the better off you'll be. So, and he, Steve uh, Hutchinson said that uh, today's game is harder for offensive linemen due to the prevalence of the passing game. Um, you know, he he told he told a story about Mike Tomlin of Minnesota was a defensive coordinator when he was there, and uh, he used to say that you had to earn the right to rush the passer, and uh, you know that's not as true in today's game. You know, just because of the you know the, the quantity of passing, really, you know, um, you don't have to necessarily do that as a defense as much. But um, yeah, he uh, he really emphasized spending that quality time with each other, going out to dinner, uh, you know, during the week, uh, watching film together, things like that. It's uh you have to be very intentional to do that in today's game, more so than when Steve played and, and others, because uh back then they didn't have iPads, you know, that you could just take home to your, you know, your your house and watch film by yourself, which is certainly valuable, but I don't know that it uh, you know, overcomes or uh substitutes, you know, the value of doing that as a unit. Um, you know, there's something to be said when you're familiar and uh you're knowledgeable and you're close and you you build that trust with the guy next to you when you're trying to accomplish any high stakes mission any high stakes uh you know job um it just helps you know you, 
and that manifests itself on the field where you don't have to necessarily communicate at, you know, uh, vocally communicate. You could communicate with body language and you could just know what the other one's thinking. You can trust that they're going to be in spots where they're supposed to be and, and so on and so forth. So, um, that was another really big, um, thing that we emphasized, you know, throughout, throughout offensive line masterminds, um, for, especially from the legends. Uh, so, We'll kind of go into a couple other things here. Um, Duke, uh, Manny Weather shared his checklist when he watches tape. So this is something good to take notes on for sure. You know, first and foremost, uh, know your opponent. Um, know tendencies based on situations, right? And he gave an example, like Fletcher Cox, Eagles defensive tackle. He always changes his stance when they run games and stunts. You can see it. He kind of gets back a little bit. I think his stance uh, narrows a little bit. Um so he doesn't try to hide it at all, right? So just know those things about your opponent. Um, have vision and communicate situa- situational awareness and be alert. Um, th- th- those things, of course, are going to help you recognize, uh, you know, changes and tendencies, you know, in game, especially. Um, know your protection rules, where your help is coming from. Know your blind spots. That's um, extremely important, especially in today's game with all the exotic looks you're getting on third down and, uh, you know, passing downs. Um, from some of these defensive coordinators, uh, they, they get pretty wild. So knowing your blind spots and where your help is coming from is, is vital. Um, talked about collision and snap of the penetrator. So be violent, right? Um, you know, if you're getting a TE uh, and you got a penetrating, say you're a guard, you got a three technique, you know, he's running a TE. So he's trying to spike down and, you know, get that tackle. Uh, you know, be violent, you know, um, you know, collide with him, snap him off right to the tackle, you know, uh, violent hands. That's very important, you know, to kind of help slow him down, help pass him off to the tackle. Um, And then I think Steve talked about this as well. It's not in my notes, but I remember it, you know, playing off of that penetrator, the looper, uh, you don't have to, you know, get there in a hurry. You know, you can actually be patient um, in those situations, you know, let the looper come to you in a sense. You know, if you're in that specific situation, you don't, you don't have to go chase him necessarily. That can allow you to, you know, get in too much space and get out of position because that guy's, you know, definitely going to be more athletic than you. So I thought that was kind of a, a good coaching point as well. Um, and then uh, last thing for Duke's uh, uh, checklist um, for watching tape is, uh, you know, keeping your inside uh, inside foot vertical um for success on stunts so that helps you stay square square shoulders square hips right you don't want to give two-way goes so um i thought that uh, all those things were really good uh and th- that was his checklist watching tape um specifically of, uh, around uh like third down stunts uh line games and how to handle those so i thought that was definitely good oh man th- this is one of my favorite things one of the coolest things that I heard was Tehran came up there. Duke asked him to come up and speak uh, about dealing with injuries. Right. So um, if you're familiar with Tehran at all, he's dealt with a lot of injuries in his career and he's played through a lot of stuff, including last year with the Dolphins. So last year, I think he said in week one, he tore his planter plate and his foot and dislocated his second toe first game. And this was a you know a severe injury. He could have had surgery and been done for the year. I mean that would have been totally understandable, right? Well, he you know he played the majority of the season, um, but he he saw it. He said Teron did as adversity, right? So he took it as a challenge, um, and he talked about how you know when people are watching film evaluating you, you know 
they're not necessarily going to make, you know, uh, you know, notes on the injuries you were dealing with, right? It's when people are watching film on you, you know, the next year, they're going to assume that you're healthy and the guy you're going against is healthy, right? So Tehran was basically saying, you know, don't make excuses for yourself, right? You got to find a way to go out there and adjust your game based on what you're dealing with, right? No excuses, something that he said, um, and, you know, working to get the job done despite the injury. And uh, he essentially just said, you just got to make the decision, you know, and um, then once you make that decision, then you get creative, you figure out ways to work around it and you, you battle and you fight through it. I mean, and then he walked off. It was just like a mic drop type of moment for me because it was just very simple, like what he was saying and the message was clear and direct. And it was basically saying like, you just got to be tough, you, you know, and, and you got to want it. Um, and you got to want to be out there with your guys, right? That has to be more important and take precedence over what you're feeling. And, you know, of course there's some injuries that you can't do that with, but there's there's probably much more that you can that you may not think you can, right? I mean, there's a lot of excuses that you can make, especially him in that situation, a torn planter plate on the bottom of his foot um, and then a dislocated toe. And he went out there and played the majority of the season. I mean, you know, you know, he's played with severe. He, he played with a high ankle sprain in 2019, I want to say, or it was 19 or 20. Uh, I think the week after or two weeks after he had a high ankle sprain, he came out there and played against Nick Bosa. I think it was like week 14. I have all the clips on my Twitter if you want to look it up. But um, he's just, I mean, Tron's a, a true badass. I, I mean, I, there's no other way to say it. Just um, the stuff that he, you know, his mentality is it's just so impressive. It, it really is. So had to get that out there for sure. Um, and, you know, the the last thing I think that I'll talk about is uh, – Oh, I thought this was really cool. Greg Cosell was there. You know, he's been with NFL Films for 43 years. So this guy's, you know, he's a really cool guy, awesome to talk to, and he's seen so much football. And he learned how to evaluate the quarterback position from Bill Walsh. Uh, so, like, just, you know, a great guy to talk to about football. So he was there just trying to learn more about offensive line play. He already knows a lot, but, you know, just trying to get better. It's one of the things I respect about him so much, but he had a line that he said, watching film for him is an academic and intellectual exercise. And that's why he loves it so much, man. I thought that was cool. Um, so it was really cool to talk to Greg, but and like my favorite part the last couple of years, especially is the dinners that I get to go to, which man, I'm so like blessed and fortunate to be able to go to these. So like the last night, you know, for instance, I was at dinner, it was me, Jeff Schwartz, Duke, um, Robbie Toback, Steve Hutchinson, um, uh, an offensive line coach, uh, Coach Heimbach, who coached the XFL champions, um, who, who just won the title there. Uh, and he's been an offensive line coach for a long time, used to play as well. He was there, uh, a couple other guys, but just to hear, you know, Steve Hutchinson talk, in, you know, about stories. Cause if, you know, I'm, I'm 36 years old, so uh these guys are just a little bit older than me they're like in their 40s or whatever so you know anyway I've, I've seen a lot of the the players that they used to play against right you know Warren Sapp John Randall uh Chester McLaughlin uh Albert Hainsworth Casey Hampton um Jamal Williams uh gosh the, you know the list goes on there's just so many you know great defensive tackles defensive linemen that they played against and just the stories man are just amazing you know to hear about like Robbie 
he came in the NFL, Robbie Toback came in the NFL in 93, I want to say. And just the stadiums that they used to play in, like baseball stadiums, artificial turf, uh, AstroTurf, I mean, uh, that was prevalent, you know, across the NFL then. Um, you know, just tiny locker rooms. Uh, the conditions were just so drastically different than they are now. Um, and uh, he he told this one story. <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was pretty awesome. They, they were playing the Jaguars. This was late in his career. And, uh, you know, this is when Jacksonville had Marcus Stroud and John Henderson, big John Henderson. And there was a play where, you know, as a center, you have the opportunity a lot of the time to, you know, get ribs on a guy, you know, you're finding work and you're trying to, you know, basically, you know, collide as hard as you can into a guy's ribs, you know, knock him down. Uh, you know, that's a body blow. So anyway, he had this perfect scenario where John Henderson was engaged with Steve uh, Hutchinson. And um, well, I guess this was, yeah, this was in Seattle, you know, late in his career because uh, Robbie started with Atlanta and then went to Seattle. But anyway, so we had this perfect scenario, right? That you just, you draw it up. This is exactly what you want. Uh, Henderson's engaged with Steve Hutchinson. He's kind of oblivious to what's coming and Robbie just loads up and uncorks on him as hard as he can right into his ribs. And as he did it, John Henderson just kind of like, you know, threw like a bow kind of like lifted up his elbow and just kind of like, you know, knocked him off a little bit. And then John said something like, man, is that all you got? You're going to have to bring more than that today. And Robbie could not believe it. He was just, he knew at that moment that he had to retire, right? Because he just gave that guy his best shot and John Henderson just shook it off. Like it was nothing. Um, that was funny, man. I just, if you knew anything about John Henderson, I mean, he's six, seven, like three forty. you know, just an enormous human. And, uh, you, you know, there were at different points in their career, you know, Robbie was at the end and John was you know closer to the beginning, I think. So, um, that was a cool story. Steve talked about, uh, Albert Hainsworth and we always talk about these guys, but Albert Hainsworth, for those who don't know, he was, you know, he played for the Titans and the, and the Redskins at the time, but he had a couple of years there, you know, where he was one of those hot and cold guys where if he didn't want to be blocked that day, like you're not going to block him essentially, but you just, those days were few and far between as well. He had like a year or two where it was pretty consistent, but he had all the talent in the world. It's just, he, you know, the effort was, you know, up and down. So anyway, they were getting ready, you know, they were playing them. And I think the first snap of the game, Steve knew that like he had to set the tone right away. Cause if he, if he could do that, you know, there was a pretty good chance that, you know, Albert would shut it down the rest of the game. So he talked about how first snap of the game, um, you know, Albert's in the three, three technique and, and Steve jump sets him and just gets his hands on him perfectly violent, you know, a real good strike, um, lifts him up, you know, and uh, just like stuns him, you know, and, and Albert wasn't expecting that at all. Uh, and then the rest of the game, he was like a non-factor, right? So that was that was cool to hear that. Um, they, you know, asked Robbie who the hardest guys he's ever went against. And, uh, he, you know, first name he mentioned was John Randall, uh, which, you know, isn't a surprise, Hall of Famer. Um, yeah, and just, just man, there's just so many cool stories you know from from when they played and and uh so much is so much of it is relatable you know for guys playing today and uh just just the event the offensive line masterminds event just to incorporate 
you know, different eras and the best of the best at different eras. And then the next up and coming era, you know, these college guys we had, uh, I think there was even some high school guys, high school coaches there as well. Um, just, just really a, a special event, a rare event. Um, there's no better place, no more, you know, no better collection of offensive line minds or talent or, uh, you know, players and coaches in the world at any time than that event really. So, just to be there, you know, and to contribute, you know, the, the film portion of it and, uh, you know, for guys to kind of, you know, be, be as generous as they are with their time and everything. It's, uh, it's really, really special. And I think this event was, you know, the best one yet. And, and I'm just excited to see, you know, kind of where it goes next. Um, it's going to be special, you know, for, for, for a long time. So, Hopefully you guys, you know, we're able to, you know, maybe jot down a couple things from this, um, you know, especially the players and coaches listening. I, I think that there really was a lot of value from this event and I'm sure there'll be more, um, you know, snippets coming out, you know, on make sure you're following OL masterminds on Twitter and Instagram. Um, but yeah, so that was kind of, those are some of my observations from the event and uh, hopefully you got some value out of that. And uh, I'll, I'll post uh, a couple videos um, in this, in this link on my, on my newsletter, uh, that I took with my phone, one of them of Andrew Whitworth talking about how he timed the snap, which I think you guys will love. I haven't shared that on social media or anything, so that'll be in the article. Um, and I'll post uh, a picture or two and, you know, some things like that. So you'll be able to kind of read, read and check those out and then listen to this. And yeah, this is my recap of the sixth annual offensive line mastermind summit. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Thanks.